Hi everyone, welcome to Astrology Airheads, where we learn the language of the stars with a pop of pop culture. I'm Roz, the Cosmos Connector, and welcome to Taurus season. Yeah, so yesterday um, was April 19th, so that was the first day of Taurus, and uh, we got Mercury and the Sun moved into Taurus yesterday, so you might really be feeling the Taurian energy of, I don't know, wanting to sing, uh, Tauruses have the greatest voices. I mean, today would have been Luther Vandross's 70th birthday, and he's got like one of the most buttery voices of all time. So yeah, singing is good, being creative. Um, Taurus is also, you know, they can kind of be like, I think I talked about last year, like Ferdinand the Bull, just wanting to sit and smell the flowers and just get comfy and cozy in your soft pillows. Um, and also too, you know, Taurus is ruled by Venus, uh, same as Libra. And so, um, Venus is all about money and your possessions and luxury. And so this might be a, a time, especially before we hit uh, retrograde season to purchase something, you know, lavish for yourself, if you can afford it, of course, you know, but even a little treat, you know, you got to treat yourself sometime. Uh, I wrote a post about that, uh, when Venus moved into Taurus, but yeah, it's just important to, to focus on yourself right now. Taurus's motto is I have. And so you just might want to take stock of, of what you have and appreciate it, you know, just, um, be grateful, have gratitude toward those things that you've been able to establish for yourself. Um, we also have to remember though, Uranus is still in Taurus. Um, it's been there for a while, disrupting all our stability. You know, Taurus is very stable, very grounded, unmoving. It's the bull. And Uranus is the, like, he could bring, you know, really unexpected surprises um, in our relationships and our money. I keep hearing more about cryptocurrency right now. Um, and I think that is really going to grow, especially with uh, Uranus and Taurus, and Taurus rules our money system. The other thing, I guess I'm doing Cosmos News. Um, <laughs> so we've had Mars in Gemini for a while, and Mars will finally go into Cancer April 22nd. So this podcast will be up, hopefully the 21st, so the day before this um uh, Mars moves. And, you know, I've noticed Mars being in Gemini, I think Michelle and I talked about this, you know, Mars is our, your drive, it's anger. Um, it also rules police and military. And Gemini is short distance travel. Um, Gemini also loves information, but it's not always um, factual, like her counterpart Virgo, where Virgo is just, you know, going over and over um, information until it gets it right. So what I've noticed with Gemini and Mars, or sorry, Mars and Gemini, I'm a little dyslexic, um, a lot of more shootings in the United States, of course, we're kind of like getting back to quote unquote, our normal over here. And also a lot of these shootings dealing, um, involving police, uh, which is, gosh, not good. You know, the uh, George Floyd trial is going on right now. Um, I haven't been following it because it's so upsetting, but I hope that as Mars moves into Cancer, Mars is going to, our drive is going to switch to be more about, you know, what we feel. Cancer is all about our emotions and our security. So I'm hoping like 
people will be motivated by the way that this trial is making them feel to change rules and laws and the loopholes that um, protect police when they don't need protection. Um, I understand it's a very dangerous job, but it's dangerous for the people that encounter the police, especially people of color like myself and my family. Um, it seems much more dangerous for us than it is for the police. But anyway, I, that's that's my rant. So Thursday, April 22nd, Mars into Cancer. Um, what else? Oh, and before that, um, I also just noticed when Mars was in Gemini, so many street racers, like I'd be on the freeway and just like cars blasting by me. And I used all of my power not to join in because I know it's wrong, but it also looks super fun, but it's also bad and I don't condone it. But maybe I should have been like a race car driver because I think one time we were at like a kid's race go-kart place and I like smoked all the older kids. I think I wasn't much older than six or seven and I went so fast around the track that um, they gave me an extra, like a free lap because I won the race technically. So yeah, that's, you know, I've got to restrain myself from street racing. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit, a little secret for me, but also, you know, my natal Mars is in Gemini. So maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? Um, we have a full moon, April 26th. In Scorpio, you know, the full moon's always going to be in the sign uh, that it's opposite. So Tor the opposite of Taurus is Scorpio. So we have a nice Scorpio full moon. I don't know. Nice. Yeah, sure. I'll say nice. Um, just to help you, you know, release some some strong energies that are going around. We're going to have like, you know, it's a there's so much in Taurus right now. The sun, uh, Mercury, Venus, Uranus, all hanging out in Taurus. It's going to be opposing that full moon in Scorpio. And then we have a T-square with Saturn and Aquarius. Aquarius is also a fixed energy. So it's just like, and Scorpio is as well. So you're just going to feel maybe some stress, maybe some tension. Um, if you are planning to do anything that week, I would say, you know, hold off until maybe Friday until all these kind of harsh, intense energies um, can kind of subside a little bit. Rest, breathe. I keep saying howl at the moon. She can handle it. Um, but just know that, yeah, I think this coming week is going to be um, pretty intense. And if you have a lot of cancer in your chart, um, or your chart is moon, rule, sorry, their chart is mooned. <laughs> your chart is ruled by the moon. I would highly suggest to get some sort of moon calendar to track where the moon is. It is so helpful, even for me. Um, I just like to know where the moon is because it really does seem to affect people's sleep patterns um, and emotions because that's what it do. Uh, so yeah, the week of, 20, the, of April 26th through like the 29th, it just some intense energy. So be aware. And then April 27th also, Pluto is going to retrograde. We're going to start retrograde season. Um, and it's going backwards through Capricorn, just showing us where we can improve our careers and maybe release old ideas. Uh, Capricorn is, you know, rules the 10th house. And that's where our public spaces, how we show up um, in our careers, what our careers are, I should say. And um, so Pluto's given us another look at like, what do we do? I really want to keep doing this. 
what can I do to take back my power? That's Pluto, um, to grow my business, to make it, um, not easier, but just to make the flow better. And so we're going to have this kind of energy until October 6th, where we're just kind of going over the last remnants of thinking about our careers and figuring out where and how we want to move forward with them. We also have a, a really special day coming up May 13th. This is a uh, Jupiter kind of dips a toe in Pisces. And so Jupiter's not retrograde yet. It won't retrograde until June 20th. So we have this amazing kind of moment where Jupiter is back in its ruling sign of Pisces. Jupiter is the traditional ruling planet of Pisces. But guess who else is home? Neptune. Neptune has been at home in Pisces for a while. And so it's like, I don't know, these two hippie, dreamy <laughs> kids hanging out in, uh, I don't know, like their granola nature camp. You know, it's just going to be all crafts and creativity. Um, well, for the collective, perhaps, like just kind of a boost of, you know, after last week was so intense and now I feel like it's going to give us a boost of boost of compassion. Um, Jupiter and Neptune in Pisces, it's just very spiritual. It's spirituality. Um, the last time these guys met up here was back in the 1800s. Um, and you know, like Edgar Casey, the sleeping prophet, um, seances happened back then. Even in one of my favorite movies, Tombstone, um, starring Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer as Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday. But it, I love that movie. But um, Bill Paxton, rest in peace, Bill. Um, he plays Morgan Earp, and he even mentions spirituality. You know, he's kind of trying to talk to his brothers, like, "Hey, have you ever heard of this thing called a spiritualism?" and yeah, his brothers kind of blow him off. Um, but I just thought that was interesting that the writers and creators of that movie would put that in there. And that's why that movie's so awesome, among other things. Val Kilmer should have won an Oscar for being Doc Holliday. But again, off topic. Um, so yeah, I'm feeling too like, you know, spiritual awakenings could happen on this day. Um, visions, creativity, like pay attention to your dreams. Uh, your psychic powers fully activated. So, um, and finally, yeah, Taurus season will wrap up with um, Mercury hitting its pre-retrograde or retrograde in, in Gemini. And I think I say on here that um, Mercury will retrograde through the water and air signs. I don't think so. I think I made a mistake. I think it's just hitting the air signs. So, you know, Mercury rules Gemini and Gemini is all, you know, information, uh, siblings, uh, oh, did I say short distance stuff, uh, traveling, um, you computers like back up everything on every hard drive and then back up those hard drives. If you're trying to travel, especially in the pre like retrograde area, sometimes the vibe is worse and this is mutable energy. So, uh, Virgo, Sagittarius, Pisces could feel that uh, the, the retrograde in Gemini a little bit more intensely. Just be aware, you know, it's not anything to be fearful of because the retrogrades give us such a great opportunity to go back and revisit things, refocus, um, you know, and just, I feel like I'll probably go back and relook at some writings that I've done and try to... Um, clean them up and make them better. So yeah, 
if you put fear in things, the fear will probably be all that you see. Um, maybe. I don't know. I'm not a prophet. <laughs> I just have a lot of Sagittarius in my chart. Um, anything else? Yeah. And then, yeah. So that's Mercury. But for Taurus season, I'd say like napping is good. Eating well. Being creative. Sing. Singing is awesome. Um, uh, Taurus rules the throat. And yeah, I think slow down. Slow down is very important and take time to smell of the daisies as long as you take your Claritin and whatnot. And that, I think, is the Cosmos News. <laughs> Well, hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. And I'm so excited because we have a very special guest and dear friend of mine, Dawn of Twilight Dawn. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for being here. Um, she is an amazing person. Uh, Dawn is, she's a, well, she's a hereditary ancient medicine worker and mystic. Did I get that right? <laughs> Got that right. All right. And um, she works with sound, uh, aromatherapy, all sorts of things. Can I call you a witch? <laughs> you know what? A witch is an accurate term for me. So yes, you could call me a witch. I'm many things. I'm called yes. by many names. <laughs> yes, yes. But all very lovey and and we love you here. But um, Dawn also does, Reiki. she's a Reiki master. She has many workshops available and going on now. Um, you could buy some of her sprays in her shop um, with her friend Justina that she makes them with. But anyway, welcome to the show, Dawn. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. I, I met you, what, two, two and a half years ago? Two and a half years ago. Yes, you were just opening a, a really sweet little shop. And yeah. uh, my dear friend Justina and I happened to be down the lane a little bit at one of our favorite tea places mm -hmm. and we saw the name of the shop and saw the shop and we're just like we need to go down there there's someone we need to see <laughs> and then we met you and it was just amazing and we're like oh we love this girl <laughs> you know another magical black girl we're, we're trying to gather them all <laughs> yeah yeah we're like pokemon very Seriously. rare <laughs> we 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 are and like I, I i feel that little that little zazzle every time i find a magical black girl like i, I want to ping around exactly and i was at that time kind of putting out the the beacon like please are there any other black women that do any of the stuff that i do <laughs> And then I got two of you. It was like a, a twofer. Yeah, you did. You did. And we were we were so excited because, you know, honestly, uh, the town we live in is, you know, the medical physical community is growing, but it's yes. growing much slower among um, some of the the folks of color, especially mm -hmm. black folks. Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's a lot of reasons for that, but there's this awakening. And so we're starting to like find people and like they pop up there and you're like, oh my gosh, yes. you too? Great. Like, or I, I had, it's funny. I have to tell you the story. I had this yes. wonderful experience once I was taking an Uber. I was taking uh -huh. an Uber back from the, um, getting my car serviced. Mm -hmm. And uh, the person that came up to pull up to pick me up, I noticed in his window, 
was, or uh, hanging from his rearview mirror, was this chain of uh, different rocks in the order of the chakras, different crystals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I looked at him and I'm like, Grand Rising King. And he looks at me and he's like, Grand Rising Queen. And we had the <laughs> most beautiful conversation. And I was like, oh my goodness. And it turns out he's another wonderful business owner that's in like the metaphysical space. We have this most delightful conversation. And it was the best moment because of that connection. And it's, I just, I love it when I have that opportunity. And it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, beautiful. It's special. It really is special. And I think too, because as descendants of enslaved people, we were often, you know, we had our culture stripped from us. And so it is very hard for us to accept what, you know, maybe our grandparents might've mentioned, or, you know, like me, my family's from New Orleans, kind of that whole mysticism thing, you know, like we're not supposed to talk about it. That's what was said in my home. Like, yeah. you don't talk about this. Um, like, but you know, it's, it's like a dirty little secret, but yeah, yes. the way grandma sweeps the floors is entirely hoodoo. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, yeah, the garlic in the windows and those kinds of things. I'm like, what is this? don't pay any attention to it don't <laughs> <laughs> no 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 this is just this is just tradition don't worry about it it's yeah just yeah and Go you're like you. and then you grow up and you read about it and you're like that's straight up hoodoo or voodoo, right, voodoo. Or... yes exactly and, <laughs> and then you see it on certain people's posts and again the the kind of cultural appropriation of things and trying to figure that out, like the balance of like, yeah, our history, the first, you know, of everything. And then people start connecting with it or trying to profit from it. And I love when people are trying to go on their spiritual journey and maybe they've had past lives and different cultures and beings. But at the same time, it's the recognition and the appreciation of where it all started from. And I the know, thing is, oh, sorry. No, 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 no. I'm totally listening. I, I'm agreeing with you because we, yeah. we have what I call spiritual tourists right now. Yeah. Okay. People who are interested because it's the cool thing. It's cool to be witchy right now. It's cool to be into voodoo. It's cool to, you know, people, everybody saw Black Panther and now, you know, Wakanda forever. <laughs> seriously. And not just among Black folks. I mean, the, the interest in, in ATR and all of those you know, belief systems that sprout mm -hmm. from Africa and the African diaspora is just like, it's, it's overwhelming and it's wonderful to have the recognition, but there is so much appropriation that's happening. And so many things that like folks shouldn't be getting into and people just yes. flat out lying. Yeah. Yeah. Which <laughs> and, is the habit of this country. Um, we've got to acknowledge some things before we can really heal and move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So you, I feel like you're such an expert in this area. You are an expert in this area. And, you know, you've mentioned to me a few times about um, African gods and goddesses and how challenging it is to find information, kind of how sometimes it's very closed doors to get in there and, and spread information. And I just wanted to maybe touch on that a little bit and yeah, kind of talk about those those beings, those spirit beings that... Well, you know, we do. Here's the interesting thing that I have discovered about um, the various ways that things show up culturally. When we are talking about gods and goddesses, and this is this is one of the things that I teach in in my courses, is that when we talk about gods and goddesses, we're not necessarily talking about actual physical beings that existed. We're talking about the 
different formats that energy takes. And what we're looking at is that um, we're, we're looking at archetypes. We're looking at avatars of a certain specific type of energy. Right. And so this has been going on um, for, you know, thousands of years mm-hmm. um, since the beginning of time. And um, as somebody who specializes in ancient wisdom, what I do is I'm always looking at the root. So I'm always going, okay, where do things originate? And a lot of things did, a lot of concepts that are used just very commonly in spirituality and spiritual ideas mm-hmm. do come from these ideas that originate from Africa. Mm-hmm. And so when we're talking about the gods and the goddesses, you know, I would like to be able to say, oh, this goddess is equivalent to this goddess or this god is equivalent to that god. And that is roughly true. Okay. The 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 specifics get muddled. They get okay. a little bit differently. For some for some for some people, the god of rain is also the the god of um, of agriculture. Um, like for instance, a good example of that is like you look at like the Aztec Tlaloc. But when you go and you look at, at the African diaspora uh, and those Yoruban say religions, okay. that you know that's not necessarily um, entirely uh, the case. The cross and okay. so. Yeah. And so we we have this situation where it does kind of get broken up just a little bit differently, but it's good, you know, people, especially um, Black folks, you know, we really need to be able to know and honor, you know, who our, um, who our gods and goddesses are. Right. And there is so little information um, out there, and that is on purpose. Mm-hmm. The reason why African traditional religions have become closed is because of that colonization aspect. And because of that desire to have, for those who were in the the mode of colonizing, to be able to wipe out the culture. Because if you can replace the culture, if you can replace the belief system, then if you have control or influence over what people believe, you then have a degree of control and influence over their behaviors. Right. And so this is why there's such a great loss of, you know, of ATRs mm-hmm. and why they have stayed, why they've stayed so kind of unavailable to many is because we want to be able to preserve those traditions. And there are very at one time it's growing, but at one time there were very few keepers of that. Mm-hmm. Can you explain so, a little bit what ATR is? Just ATR is African traditional religions. Okay. And people often think of ATR and they think of hoodoo and they think of voodoo. And ATR, hoodoo and voodoo is a is a type of ATR, mm-hmm. but there are many, 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 many belief systems. And some of them are much closer to each other and some are very different. And they all have different rituals. They all have different ways of becoming initiated. Um, For instance, I'm looking at a sheet right now just to to inform what I'm speaking on here. And I am looking at probably, this is one, two, three, three and a half pages long, listing out the number of ATRs that are currently documented. Wow. And that is a lot. When we think of ATRs, honestly, 
Yoruban religion is one of about this. This list has got to have at least a hundred of these on here somewhere in that neighborhood. And so for many of us, our only orientation is either through Yoruba religions, which is Mm -hmm. where you have things from Nigeria, Benin, Togo. um, And then you've got maybe West African Voodoo, which is another area of that. And then from that, you have everything from that Yoruba faith, everything that most of us are aware of comes from that idea. And that's because that's what applies to those formerly enslaved people. They were from West Africa, but there are all sorts that come from. Right. Cause Africa is a continent and people have to stop referring to it as like a state. (laughs) Like it's a huge huge place where life started. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Like people forget that like North America can fit inside Africa. (laughs) Easily, comfortably. And yet you will hear people talk about how Appalachia is completely different from Southern California. Yeah, because it is. And it is. <laughs> Same thing. Same thing with Same Africa. exact thing. So yeah. these cultures and these religions have become like very, you know, intertwined. And it is important, I think, to keep them to keep them a little bit close, it's not easy to necessarily get initiated. The other thing about ATRs is that they're expensive to get initiated into. Interesting. Why is that, do you think? So I think it's twofold. I think one is the the underpinning of it is the idea of sacrifice. Of okay. If you want to attain um, spiritual growth and spiritual enlightenment, and you want to be blessed by the gods with that, that... There are sacrifices that you need to make in order to demonstrate your commitment. Mm -hmm. So that I get. On the other hand, as in any religion, as in any belief system, there are those that are also unscrupulous or those who will take advantage of that. And there's a percentage of that that happens as well. So if if somebody's going to go and decide that they want to practice ATR, they need to make sure that they're doing their homework about who they're working with as much as they are doing their homework about the the, the method that they wish to be uh, initiated into. Okay. Yeah. Because there are a lot, a lot, a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And I, I keep looking and I'm still, you know, I'm still on the hunt and I should probably just take more workshops from you because I think you've got, you know, the right amount of information that I'm looking for. Well, you know, you actually, you're kind of actually touching on something else that I think is, is important when we're talking about African traditional uh, religions. Remember how I said that I'm a practitioner of ancient medicine. I don't necessarily fully, I'm not an initiate into any of the ATRs. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because I'm there and I'm looking at the root. I'm looking at the root from where all of this comes from. And when you look at the, the what I call the base of the tree, if you're looking at, the, at you know, that beautiful trunk, what you find is the same underpinnings of, of ATR are the same among the Hindu beliefs, is the same among South American belief structures, is the same among Polynesian, is the same among pagan beliefs. All of these actually lead back to the same trunk, to the same place. Agreed, yeah. And so, yeah. And so it's totally possible to look at ATR and to look at the different ways, the different expressions Mm -hmm. of belief and and to be able to gather 
from each of them and let each of those different ways that you're inspired inform you. That's, that's how I like to absorb all of this because especially as an ancient people culture, I feel like I've been all of those beings and one lifetime or another. And so in this lifetime, I don't know if it's this Aquarian age, but now we kind of get to share them all, like kind of bring them all up together and show how beautifully intertwined they are just as humans are. Yeah, I agree. And I think this is, this actually leads back to what we were very originally talking about, which is cultural appropriation versus cultural uh, appreciation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's, there's, there is definitely a, there's a place where those two kind of like get hazy with each other. And for instance, I am a lover. I, I love many of, the ideas that come forward in South American and Polynesian and Native American cultures. I am very drawn to them from the perspective of my own lineage. For most of those, there, there, there is a very at least tenuous line. Um, if you go and you look at the 23 and me, but yes. to me, that's not necessarily what's important because you touched on the fact that we actually have, you know, kind of two forms of DNA. We have our physical DNA and then we have our spiritual DNA. That's, okay. you know, all the lives we've lived, all the ways that we've shown up. Right. Um, but when we're we're thinking about that, like there are expressions of things that pop up in other cultures that I love. And mm-hmm. so what I will do is I will go and I will honor where that belief comes from. And then I will not seek to mimic, but seek to honor that expression and be like, okay, okay so this is so this is the way that I'm going to honor this is after the manner in the same in the same um, respectful vein that this is coming to me in. Right. And okay. when we can do that, then we can pick from the huge cornucopia that is <laughs> all of these beautiful ancient beliefs that are now coming unearthed again. Right. That is a blessing of that Aquarian age. We have access to that. Absolutely. It's kind of like the Reiki connection that we have. You know, we're both Reiki master teachers. Um, you're part of my tree of students. Yeah. And so we're not, I'm not Japanese, but I know the history and I know my family tree of how I've been attuned. And you know that. And it's like, we honor, you know, Dr. Sui and everybody that started it, but I'm not going to be like, I'm Japanese now. Like I'm, I'm very aware of like, this is where it started. This is the history. And I love that. And I guess we need more of that when it comes to you know, the African gods, the the ATR and all of that. We just need to acknowledge, hey, this is what I love, but this is where it came from. Yeah. And some of it is also respecting boundaries. For instance, mm. you or I would never come into a Reiki session in a kimono and trying <laughs> to incorporate a tea ceremony, right? No. Nope. Holy <laughs> I love tea. But I'm not doing any Exactly. Yes. (laughs) And at the same time, someone should not be coming into a relationship with the African Orvishas and then claiming suddenly that they are a child of Oshun or, or Yamaya. You know, Yamaya is very popular with, 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 with the mermaid people. Yeah. And, you know, people who love the ocean, you know, and I can't tell you how many times. She it she's amazing. Yes. I cannot tell you how many times I have seen and heard um very clearly non-African 
<laughs> descendant folk come and say, oh, I'm a child of Yemaya. And you're like, you didn't even say the name right. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't do that. Because then things, the trickery starts happening. Like with, um, gosh, the lady that, I think she did something with a leg, but I think we talked about this or um, oh, yeah. issue, I think he's also called. Mm-hmm. Um, and just that she had uh, not a great experience with, um, I don't know if she was as respectful as she needed to be with this being, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing too. And this is, this is, this is something to know about, you know, ATRs in terms of respecting the, mm-hmm. the Orishas, the belief, the overarching belief is that Orishas are very descendancy based. Yes. And so it is offensive to people of the of of African descent mm-hmm. when somebody who is not of African descent claims stakes a claim on something that relates to the Orishas because the traditional belief and history and that a lot of the ATRs are rooted in is that one, first you go to your ancestors and then from your ancestors, then you go to the Orishas and the Orishas are notorious. If anybody who's done any amount of research, they are about their people. Absolutely. And I don't say that to be exclusionary, but that is one of the facets of African traditional religions. Yeah. Those Orishas are not open and of making themselves available to those who are not of African descent. Yes. Um, and I, and I think that's, that's a hard thing. I think it is, especially in our society in the United States where, you know, we've come from the colonization, like everything was for, you know, a certain group of people and they're so used to doing whatever they want and being a part of whatever they want. I think they're going to realize like the more they try to come into the space, it's just not going to work for them. Like it's not, not everything is for you, for everyone. You know what? That's, that's an important point to bring up too, because in America, we do have this concept, access equals authority Mm. that because I have access to this knowledge that I then have the right to be a participant. Mm -hmm. And this idea that having closed spaces and things that are not available to everyone is discriminatory or racist or something is is really deeply unfair because particularly when you're talking about people of color Mm -hmm. when you have had your history your lineage stripped from you by a group of people Mm -hmm. then that group of people decides later on that they think it's cool and fun and they want to use it for their entertainment purposes. What could possibly be more offensive than that? So that's, I think, something that non-POC folks need to really grapple with and, and, and put themselves in check with. It's different because their culture, their beliefs, their value systems, their icons were forced upon us. Mm -hmm. So if we acknowledge them, that's, that's not, you know, that's, that's not, not a, something that, that somebody can like, there's no take backsies with that when you force it upon somebody. <laughs> right. But when you've gone and you stripped and demonized this thing, mm-hmm. and then you come back to it and you say, oh, well, this is so cool because I can do this now. Right. It, right. Because I want to, you are call. you're tr- attempting to recolonize us all over again. <laughs> that's, oh man, that's very true. 
yeah and those are the moments where it's like you've got to let the people of color be the leaders of that culture or whatever it is that's you know our history we have to lead our our own history yes and not only not only to speak on them but we need to feel confident in taking ownership and setting the boundaries and not feeling like we are doing something wrong by creating a boundary and asserting it Mm -hmm. and saying, no, I'm sorry. I'm not open to sharing this with you in that way. And no, I'm actually really not open to answering questions about why right now. Yeah. And, and I think that I'm seeing more of that and I'm loving it. That's great. So are there any like specific groups that you want to talk about or like touch on a little bit for people that might be looking for a little bit more information? Or is that the right? Um, I, I get what you're saying. So in looking for information, there is, there, there is, there's information available on the internet, but be careful. Make sure that you're going to like um, an official page, for instance, IFA, which is, um, is one of the more prominent um, ways that ATR shows up here. Uh, you know, there, there is, there's official page for that. Okay. Um, and, you know, there, there are places um, to go. There's, there's some wonderful root work and, and conjure groups that, um, that are on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be careful with them because they, they will try to teach you how to put somebody in a jar. Um, and so, but, you know, in terms of finding where those folks are, you got to kind of keep your, your, your ears to the ground. If you're looking, it's not something that folks advertise. You're never going, if you ever see anybody, a Babalow or, you know, a, um, (laughs) or an Ia comes to you and says that they have a message for you. That's like number one, like, no, don't go there. Right. Yeah. Because, They're always on um, Instagram. Like, Hey, yeah. I got a message. Yeah, no. Yeah. That's your first sign because, um, ATRs don't proselytize. They're not interested in converts. Right. If you happen to be returning to, to that, uh, returning to the fold, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, that's one thing, but you know, they're, you know, reaching out to, to someone like me there, you know, there are some resources out there, but honestly, it, it really depends on where you want to go with it. And if you know that you want to be initiated or something. So my recommendation is reaching out to somebody like me, reaching out to somebody who is, you know, is black and is in the city and is a, you know, is, is, is in spiritual leadership. Mm-hmm. That's your, that's your best bet. Because they can help, that sort of person can actually help you decide if what you're craving is cultural connection and spiritual connection, or if you're actually seeking to go into initiation. And most folks don't just wake up one day and go, oh, I want to be part of of IFA. I want to be part of Paolo. I want to be part of, (laughs) you know, one of these, I want to be little Keme, you know, you don't just wake up one day and go, oh yeah, I'm going to do this. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, uh, there's pre-work to coming to that decision. And part of that is, you know, is going in and um, developing some, um, some knowledge around it. Um, let me see. There's a couple of really wonderful people that I follow on Instagram, um, okay. like the Ashe shop. That is really wonderful. Um, the Conjure Goddess. She's really great. Okay. Um, and they are people who really specialize 
in in helping people guide through um, the ATRs, especially the Ashe shop. She's absolutely wonderful because in her in her um, feed, she tells all of the stories of the Arisha. And then she also will will talk about um, spiritual ideas and themes. And so so while I consider myself fairly well-versed, if I was to like Mm -hmm. go and recommend an expert, um, that is definitely who who I would recommend because she's really done a lot of research into all of the stories, um, particularly those that are along the Yoruba line. The other ones, if you're looking to get into that, Honestly, you you may very well need to make a, a, a pilgrimage if you're <laughs> I know, into some yes. of the specified ones. Another thing, check out your 23andMe. Like if you haven't done it already, or if you haven't done one of those, really mm-hmm. get a sense of where your roots are. Because depending upon what you're interested in, they're going to want to know that you know from where you originate. You know, even just knowing the region, East Africa, West Africa, North, South, that will also help you on your journey. Because if you're thinking you want one thing and your ancestry is in another (laughs) place, according to those belief structures, you would have impediments to being able to move forward. I see. So it's good. It's just good to know. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, I think that kind of happened to me, but on a different take, I had no idea our family has Jewish ancestry. And so that's pushed me to learn a little Hebrew, you know, from our buddy, Justina. Um, But yeah, you can do a little exploring and a little history dig and see exactly where your gifts might stem from. Because also we all have gifts. And if you're trying, you know, if your gift is painting and you're trying to, I don't know, build a house or something, maybe... It's like no, that may not translate. Your gift isn't yeah. painting, but you're a welder. Yeah, yeah, it could. <laughs> <Or> an accountant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that might be a better analogy. It just might be easier. You just might fall in and go, "Oh my gosh, no wonder I don't need to bang my head on this thing." Here's where I'm supposed to be. Exactly. I'm really, I'm very much a proponent of what I call lining up your purse with your purpose. Mm-hmm. And that a lot of that has to do with the the discovery, the unearthing of what your gifts are, what was passed on to you, and what you're here to develop. Yes, um, we all have a purpose in being, in being here, and in being embodied, and we're all at different places, like on our journey. Mm-hmm. But we, you have to put in the work. It doesn't Absolutely. just come to you. You know, you've had people in Reiki sessions where you're like, okay, like one session is not going to make you all better. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you want to grow, if you want to, if you really, you know, if, you're, if your throat chakra is weak, you know, one Reiki session isn't suddenly going to make you be able to be an eloquent speaker. No. Um, you're going you're gonna to have to work on that. You're going to have to Same work on it. Is- and then it opens other doors and avenues. And you're like, oh, yes. it's the layers of the onion. That's a spiritual yes. journey to me. <laughs> Yes. It's beautiful, yes. but also a little stinky. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? When added to fire, it makes for something very tasty. <laughs> Absolutely. Your history, your background, like we, there's so many, you got so many facets, yeah. lady. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I can talk about myself a little bit, you know, and it's funny that, that it's interesting that I find myself in a, a line of work that requires me to do that because you know, we talk about developing ourselves and me stepping into this work full time is it, it's it's been a journey because I'm I've been in touch with my gifts all my life. I've been doing what I do now like 
20 years. Gosh, yeah. let me age oh, myself no. here. Yeah, I've been doing it since I was two. Um, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but um, but not formally. And it took a, a, a great deal of courage to step into that. But I think the best way to describe what I do is I had a, a client very early on uh, when I opened up formally that she's like, you're a physician of the soul. And I'm like, you know what? That's exactly true. Absolutely. Because what a medical doctor does for a person's body. That's what I do on an energetic level. Um, diagnosing, realigning, um, offering treatment, rehab, prescriptions, if need be. And all of my, all of my work, all of my offerings really stem from that spiritual medicinal point of view. So when I look at myself, I see myself as a spiritual leader and a counselor. I'm a coach a healer, a mentor, and my work is really centered on partnering with people to help them get liberated and to live joyfully. Yeah. Everything I do is 100% geared towards that. And I do that by, you know, intuitively using uh, ancient wisdom and sacred medicine mm -hmm. to heal by providing spiritual counseling and education and then through the creation of like spiritual wellness items like my sprays and, yes. and also, yes, my I love spray. my sprays. The butters are coming back. So okay. you here first, <laughs> the butters are coming back. I, you know, I, I'm, I need to actually rename them. I, I called them, they were shamany goodness. And there's going to be something that's going to be like, ashe, not ashy is kind of where I'm rolling. Ah, yes. <laughs> For people of color, we need that for the elbow. <laughs> yes, for, for, for knees and elbows and everywhere else, head to toe. Um, so but I, I make these because, and I haven't, it's funny because I'm, I'm laughing at this because I have an interesting time selling my stuff. I'm not, I'm not like a retail queen. I make these things available to the public because I'm already making them available to my clients. So mm -hmm. anything that comes out for me that's made as a retail offering, always originates with meeting the needs of my client. So everything that I make is it's all botanical, it's all natural, yeah. um, or if it's an amulet or something, it's handmade, mm -hmm. but that it, there's, there's blessings and wisdom that is weaved into that. So each thing serves a very specific purpose. I love that because um, we're, we're so content driven, like as an artist, it's always like, what are you pushing out? What are you pushing out? As a creative, you know, and this, all your Scorpio energy, you've got to go within and then, you know, things have to percolate a little bit until you can put something out. And I feel like it's so good when you have these cycles because yes. that healing spray that you gave me and, you know, that you're selling right now, um, that was so timely for COVID and everything that we're going through. And maybe yeah. we won't need that, you know, in a couple of years, but you'll come up with something else. And so I feel like those cycles are so important to what's currently happening because you can feel the energy of, of what people need right now. Yeah. And that's, you know, and it's interesting because when I create something, no two batches are the same. And there really is like an kind of like an expiration date on these yeah. things because you want your you're responding to the energy that is happening now. Mm -hmm. So I can't keep stock for years and years and years and years. Right. It's not like that. It's no. not like I can go and send it somewhere and let it sit on someone's shelf for an extended period of time as it you know, makes its way through sailing. So for me, it's like, okay, if I'm making say a mercury retrograde oil, if, if nothing else, I 
I try to make them specifically for each retrograde. But even if not, it's not like it's going to be from a retrograde that was four retrogrades back. Right. Right. And I'm making that in advance. I'm going, I'm looking ahead and I'm going, oh, okay, Mercury's going to go into retrograde. It's going to be you know, this cancer, is where things are going to be aligning. Gonna, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because next time it's going to be in Scorpio and that's a total, you know, Ooh, print. that's yeah. going to be fun for me. <laughs> yeah, that will be fun. And I, and I, and I thought, and I thought this year was busy. No, <laughs> it's like, in, it's, go, it's, it's crossing the air and, and water signs right now. So it's going to be fun. It's fun for both of us. So I do lots of things. I offer one-on-one uh, sessions in my private sessions. Some of them are um, actually business-oriented, helping people be able to work through things like employment trauma, which yes. is a real thing, or being um, POC and being in, in the employment industry or making changes or transitions. But the bulk of what I do is for people who are seeking to either dive deeper into their spirituality, to do, to do inner child healing, to do shadow work, or mm-hmm. to or to make their way through trauma or loss. Um, and I really actually specialize in the LGBTQ BIPOC yeah, community. Yeah, I wanted to, to touch on that a bit because you are. Yeah, yeah, I look at it. And first of all, that's my community. I'm, a, I'm, I'm BIPOC and I, I'm, I'm queer. So, you know, being, mm-hmm. being in that, it's like being able to relate to my people. Yeah. It's like, it's like taking care of, I take care of all people. Don't get me wrong. I take care of everybody. Absolutely. But at yeah. the same time, I have a specific calling in within that community. Yes. And to be able to heal, heal, help people heal their wounds in that way is, is beautiful. It's always the person that ultimately does their own healing, mm-hmm. but to be able to facilitate that and to see people come from a place of place of pain to a place of joy is about the most affirming thing that I've ever experienced in my entire life. I have never been more joyful than the times when I have clients that don't need me anymore. Yeah. And that's a big thing too. Like I always try to tell people like, you're not going to see me forever. I'm just here to get you on the platform and then carry you over to this next section and then fly away, little birdie, fly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And you know, that's a very important distinction to make. So people, when you're out there and you're looking you're looking for healers and you're looking for people to help guide you on your path. You want to look at what they're offering, what they're look at the full scope of what they're offering and go, does this create a cycle of dependency to where I'm constantly going back to this person right. for more and more and more? Or right. does it create a cycle of independence? Does it affirm my independence? Because if you're working with somebody who's not affirming your independence and your ability to do for yourself and determine and find for yourself, then you're looking at somebody who is looking to separate you from your dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of people that have systems that are created really truly as a business model. One of the ways that I differ is that I operate as a business mm-hmm. because I have to, not because that's my first choice. Right. If it was up to me, I would be the woman living at the edge of town who has the hut and people come and my community simply supports me. Yes. And if I need to to, to go and take rest, I don't have to worry about hustling to make the money to do that because 
uh, there's 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 a goat in the back. Somebody's been bringing the yams. You know, they thatched my roof a week ago. Like I'm good. Or if I need to go take a journey, somebody's giving me the horse and like yes. providing that for me. That's the way that ancient medicine is designed to work. I only exist as a business model because capitalism That's, and yeah. colonization yeah. requires me to. Right. And it hasn't Look, fallen yeah. yet. So we're waiting. Yeah. Waiting. <laughs> um, so look for the person that when you're looking at what they do, they affirm your independence and also to where you can look at what they're offering and they're seeking to meet needs as opposed to developing programs that you can continuously fall into. Yes. Because those folks are thinking money first, yes. soul second. Yeah. Maybe even if at all. <laughs> right, right. And those people usually have some sort of entity and um, it's just not healthy to <laughs> to connect yeah. with them. Um, yeah, you, you want to be careful because, you know, um, spiritual VD is a thing. <laughs> it is, it is. And you might start off with a connection with somebody that's really healthy. Um, but if your healer isn't practicing, practicing what they preach, basically, their vibration can lower. And so yeah. you always just have to be, I think that's a... You know, it's like, get in, we're taking this journey together. Yeah. It's not about me directing your journey mm-hmm. or me... It's about me saying, hey, this is what you want to look for. These are, these are your benchmarks. These are your signposts. Yes. You know, here's a map. Yes. You get to decide where you want to go on the map, but at least know like what the field you're in looks like. Right. Um, and be careful because you need to follow your internal GPS. Your internal GPS is never going to have you wind up in the middle of the lake. You follow That's somebody true. else's GPS to the T, you might find yourself in the middle of a lake. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and we're here to like, you know, you created, you've created such a, a safe space for people to come in and learn and to heal. You know, it's, it's like this very soft nest of with many cats. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> Kind of literally, if anybody's yeah. ever actually been to my space, I, I double as a personal cat cafe. Uh, <laughs> Which is but the highlight. I, and I'm excited about the education component. I actually just announced, it won't be last night when this airs, but I just announced that I actually have an entire catalog of training finally. I, something I've wanted to do forever. This is one of the, I'm going to say joyful benefits of COVID uh, yes. <laughs> is that it gave me time to actually set up a full catalog. So I have an entire summer series that's running. That's it starts amazing. out with with Thrive, which is a, which is four classes that are for like mini intense. It's like almost like a mini intensive. It's designed mm-hmm. to be able to help people who are high empathy, people who are empaths to be able to navigate better and not be driven by that empathy, but rather to use that empathy as a superpower. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's in there. There's a whole, there's 14 spirituality, like 101 type classes that'll occur all throughout the summer. And then there's some of the the, the favorites that are getting brought back, like a chakra alignment and, you know, reading Oracle cards. And then I've got a really cool one. I'm excited about that. I'm still, I'm still working about, cause it's not until August, but it's okay. on shadow work. Okay. And Ooh. so I've got like, people can buy packages. Like you can get, <laughs> you can buy like the whole thing you want to, I, I always joke. It's like, it's like Hogwarts West. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I'm excited because I finally have that to offer. Um, oh, so, and I'm so proud. So, yeah, it's all sorts of great stuff like that. The new website's coming out. There's going to be really cool stuff that's like going to be in yoga and meditation and breath cool. work. 
So yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I'm at this wonderful, beautiful shift within Mm -hmm. my own practice and being able to offer things, offer more things, offer them differently and offer them more effectively. So I'm really excited. And it's nice as a as a woman of color too. Um I don't see a lot of us in these leadership roles where it's like, you know, you got all these packages. So it's I'm just excited that you're there and you know might help other people that look like us to just accept their gifts and not be afraid of them. You know, we've had a history of being afraid and now it's time to kind of come out of our spiritual closets and show everybody like, we're like yeah. the X-Men, our super best. Sorry, I always, I always got to bring it back to comic books, but you know, <laughs> we just have all these gifts. Hey, I love comic books. I, I yes. love, I love, especially, I'm especially a Marvel fan. Yeah. Um, big Sorry. time lover of, uh, if I could just combine like, Iron Man and Doctor Strange and then put it in the package of Black Widow (laughs) but make her black Mm -hmm. that would kind of be me I like Iron Man just because he's a billionaire Um. (laughs) there's there's that too and I I I can't imagine anybody other than Robert Downey Jr. being that but he's always since the beginning of time (laughs) just that is like what 50 fourth birthday or something a couple of days ago that man's got swagger yeah oh my goodness just a nice looking Aries (laughs) (laughs) oh he's an Aries oh wow that explains a lot yes yeah um very very dynamic guy well um but it's been a really nice uh conversation for me just to get to know you more and like know what you're doing. I mean, I know you do so many different things and have so many abilities, um, but it's just nice to know like how you've packaged it all and what you were saying about like everybody is different and it's good to have all these differences. And so I love to see that we're connected, but even though we're so different and like how we go about and do things. So it's to, to talk to you about all of this cool stuff. I have thoroughly enjoyed it as well. And I, I really do thank you for having me on. I'm always happy to come and visit and, and sit sit at the table and have, have a little bit of um, connection there. Um, we always have so much fun when, when, we're, when we're hanging out, even if it's by Zoom. <laughs> we're still having a blast. Um, I look forward to when I can see all of my friends again. Um, I'm yes. actually finally reopening March. May 1st. So Yay, I have like in clients. Yay. I'm excited. Well, thank thank you, Moderna. And and this yes. is one time when my um when my health has actually worked, my my questionable health has worked to my advantage. Um, so I'm yeah, so no. grateful. But yeah, I'm really excited to see folks again and to to get hands-on again. Your all website is Twilight Dawn. And I will put all this in our show notes and, and tag you all in this. But we can find you um, on your website or on Instagram. Twilight on Instagram, Dawn. the Twilight Dawn. The Twilight. If Dawn. you if you put if you put in Twilight Dawn on Instagram, mm-hmm. you you will find all sorts of really fun um, vampire related um, oh, cosplay right. sites. That's right. <laughs> that's one of the Twilight movies, right? Something. Yeah, Breaking Dawn, I think. Oh, that's and, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm there. I'm on IG. I'm on Facebook. Both of those are the Twilight Dawn. Okay. Um, and of course, TwilightDawn.com. I'm on Clubhouse. Twilight yes, Dawn. Yes, Clubhouse. Those yes. are very, very cool conversations. I love Clubhouse. Yeah. Yes, Twilight Tees. There's every Wednesday night, 5.30 Pacific. 
Um, and we're, we talk, we just, it's an open forum. It's so much fun. <laughs> cool. And you still have to get an invite, right? You do still have to get an invite and you have, not only do you have to have an invite, but you have to either have an iPhone or an iPad, um, but oh they're expanding it. Let me tell you, if you, you guys, if you can score an invite, score an invite, because it is the coolest black queer POC friendly space. I'm telling you, like it is lit Yikes. all the time. There's some craziness in there, but it's always lit. <laughs> you know, a couple of uh, panels that I've listened to were really good in-depth stuff. And I felt like everybody was really respectful. Yeah. I don't know. Like everybody was listening and there was, I didn't feel any one upmanship, which sometimes I feel like in any of these communities, especially as my background as an artist, everybody's always trying to, well, I do that. And I didn't get that vibe. So maybe it was just the, the circles that I connect with, but that's something that I'm really trying to avoid is like, I don't care. <laughs> what yeah. you do. Well, and you know what? You get to like a certain place in your life and you really don't have time for the BS. No. You just, you just don't. Yes. Well, thank you, Dawn. And um, it's always good to see you. And, um, <laughs> it's good to see you too. Yeah. And we'll plan for this, our next. Uh, yes. Uh, just let me know when. Yeah. And we'll definitely get that on record. I am, I am delighted to be a, a regular guest. Thank you. Yeah. Podcast. <laughs> I would love it. Cool. <laughs> I want to thank my friend and guest today, Dawn of Twilight Dawn. You can find her on Instagram at the Twilight Dawn or on Clubhouse at the Twilight Dawn. Um, you can also book a session with her at Twilight Dawn. And yeah, we'll, we'll get to talk to her again real soon. Of course, you can find me at Astrology Airheads with the Cosmos Connector on our website or at Gmail. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at Astrology Airheads. This show is produced by me. So thanks for listening to my content as I record this from my home in Southern California. All rights reserved. Have a great day and I'll see you next time.